<laughs> oh, I also forgot to time it. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I still sound like I have a hell of an echo. All right, are you ready now? Yes. And in three, two. going on everybody welcome back to another episode of the team morale podcast where we do our three favorite things talk a little bit of booze a little bit of beer and a whole lot of basketball e and the tall guy coming at you from fort worth tall guy how you doing today i'm doing good doing good just showing up here after work ready to uh talk about some of the new news coming out in the nba yeah we've got a lot to talk about today uh covid being on the top of everyone's mind in the NBA community because it's impacting games, games being canceled. And so that is what we're here to talk about today. Yeah. And they just released a whole bunch of new protocols um, that was uh, officially gone through the NBA and the NBPA. And so we're going to kind of go through all that stuff and what's it going to impact our schedule and what's going to impact our beloved NBA that's being destroyed by the COVID. Yeah, it's it's a bummer. You hate to see it. It's super sad. We don't want to see anyone getting sick. So anything that we can do to keep our players safe, we're all here for. But we have a couple of those rules that we're looking at and we're like, wow, that's kind of a little interesting. Yes. Yeah, exactly. But uh, before we get into that, let's talk what we're drinking today. We have a a, a bit of a, a common whiskey on the yes. uh, on the podcast today, but it's a, it's a goodie. Yes. It's, uh, it's one of the more popular whiskeys. I'm sure you've heard of it. It is Maker's Mark. Maker's Mark. The Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. And... The thing I love about Maker's Mark is that it probably has one of the most distinguishable bottles that you'll be able to find out in the shelves because they dip it into wax. And so like you go and you're like you're looking around and it's typically made of red wax. And it's the red wax that they usually do and they actually sued a company over it uh, a few years back and won the lawsuit because the red wax is so uh, big for them and their um, branding. But the one that we happened upon at our local liquor store here is actually blue and uh, silver. Yeah, when we saw it, we were like, "What? what's up with Maker's Mark? They always have the red wax. They're always known for it. And this one's got blue and silver. And we were looking through our phones trying to figure out why this one had blue and silver, if it was like a special bottle or anything. And we really couldn't find anything definitive. There's a, a couple of theories we came up with, though. Yeah, one of them comes straight out of our uh, handy dandy whiskey book, and it's that they actually have some commemorative Kentucky Wildcat uh, bottles that they came out with that usually come out with the blue and silver. But we also read on the internet that it could be a Dallas Mavericks <laughs> bottle. Back in 2011, we did some digging and found that they made a certain number, I don't know the exact number, of blue and silver wax dip bottles for commemorating the the Dallas Mavericks championship run in 2011. So this bottle might be a holdover from one of those years, which would make it kind of an old bottle. Yeah, yeah, very unique, very cool. So a little background on Maker's Mark. It was originally created by Bill Samuels Sr. back in the 1950s. One of his good friends was Julian Van Winkle II, who is actually the son of Julian Van Winkle, a.k.a. Pappy Van Winkle, who is one of the great distributors of whiskey and kind of really populating, like making pop whiskey popular throughout America. Yeah, kind of a celebrity in the whiskey world. Yeah, and like the Pappy Van Winkle whiskey, like by itself, is several hundred dollars. Very, very. I don't know if we're going to be popping that one out anytime soon. <laughs> if anyone wants to hear us do a Pappy Van Winkle podcast, 
please send us a Pappy Van Winkle please, bottle please because donate. we're not getting one on our own. <laughs> please donate to the Team Morale podcast. <laughs> we'll happily tell you how good it is. <laughs> we have our Patreon. You can donate there. Or, you know, we have Venmo. Just reach out to us. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Maker's Mark is very unique. Um, they actually... Their whole reason why they created it is that they didn't like the harshness of what Jim Beam had, and they didn't like the sweetness of Jack Daniels. And so their goal was to be a uh, mainly wheat-style whiskey that was kind of in the middle. And I think that they kind of really nailed it on the head. It was around the 1980s that they really started gaining their popularity, and people really started coming around to the, oh yeah, it is around the same price point as a Jack Daniels or a Jim Beam, but it's kind of right there in the middle where I like I quite enjoy Maker's Mark. It's one of my personal favorites. Yeah, it you hit the nose on the head when, when you describe it as in the middle of Jim Beam and Jack Daniels because it's, you're right, it's not as, it doesn't have the bite of Jim Beam. You can, you know, sip on it and, you know, not like feel the burn, mm-hmm. but then you, it's not the candy that is Jack Daniels, you know, it's that middle ground. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of Maker's Mark. Last time I drank it, shout out to uh, my buddy Anthony who gave me a bottle of Maker's Mark on my my journey down here to uh, Dallas. I stopped over in Arizona where he is and he gave me a whole bottle and uh, I downed that pretty quickly. I'm a big Maker's Mark fan. It's it's a goodie. It's a goodie for sure. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll take some sips and we'll tell you what it tastes like later on. Yeah, absolutely. But before uh, or but after getting into that, let's talk what's going on right now, which is COVID has the NBA by the neck right now. Teams are in like, just have outbreaks. Games are being postponed. Some of the more, I mean, the teams that have the worst outbreaks right now are the Dallas Mavericks, the 76ers, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Boston Celtics, the, um, the Houston Rockets had it earlier in the year. It's just kind of, it kind of just popped up and all of a sudden all these teams are having to, postpone games yeah so today is officially the third straight day that we've had a game postponed a couple days ago was the heat celtics yesterday was the pelicans mavs and then today is the celtics Bulls. so the celtics obviously are getting hit pretty hard with it the mavericks got hit pretty hard with it dallas um the whole metroplex has been kind of you know booming with the covid which makes a lot of sense um why the mavs are starting to get postponed too and so they the league Realize that this is going to be like obviously it's going to be a real issue, but just now it's starting to like actually affect our teams and getting players sick and the contact tracing to enough to where it's actually postponing games. Yeah, and it's it's interesting to see the difference between how the NBA is handling it versus the NFL, which the NFL was like we're just going to chug along and if we have to move the schedule around we will. But the difference is NFL has so many players. The NBA. You get six guys sick, there goes half your roster. Yeah, and the league-mandated rules is you have to have eight. You must have eight eligible players to not have the game postponed. And when I originally heard that, I was like, like, they'll be fine. Like, eight is a sure number to where, like, you pretty much will keep the games chugging along. And for the most part, they are. But now we're starting to see postponements, and we're going to have another postponement tomorrow with the Magic and the Celtics. Um, and I think we have another postponement with the Jazz. So, and there's no guarantee that the Mavericks will play tomorrow either. That, yes. that that game is still up in the air, and it's not necessarily eight players that are sick. It is eight players that have been exposed through contact tracing, and that is where a lot of teams fall into trouble. Is because you know three or four players will end up get getting infected or getting you know testing positive, and then 
they, you know, they practice with so-and-so they ate lunch with so-and-so. And then those two guys now can't play until they have X amount of positive tests or negative tests. Yes. And whenever you guys actually hear the, the term health and safety protocols, that's pretty much the NBA's version of saying that guy either has COVID or has COVID tracing and he's not going to be able to play, but they don't necessarily want to like just release that a guy has COVID right now because they kind of want to protect his safety. Yeah, absolutely. And and we're not here to get into the politics of the whole thing because this this everything that's gone on has become very polar. And we're not trying to get into that. We're just trying to you know talk about what is happening with the NBA and where the teams are going to go and where the and uh, where how the NBA is handling it. And in my opinion, they're they're handling it right by trying to keep the players safe while trying to keep games happening as quickly as they can and keeping the seri- the season to as much of a normal as we can. Yes, exactly. So with all that being said, the NBA and the NBA Players Association today came out with today as in Tuesday. Yeah, we are we are pre-recording this Tuesday. You guys will hear this tomorrow. Yes. Which will be Wednesday. Yes. So they came out with several bullet points as to and rules and guidelines to keep our players healthy and to keep the league and to keep the league going and keep the season going because nobody wants to lose money. They've already lost, you know, over a billion dollars. Yeah. The NHL came out the other day and said that their losses were over a billion dollars and they are much smaller in terms of fan size and market than the NBA is. So, I mean, if that's a reference point, the NBA is losing a lot. Yes. So they obviously don't want to lose any more money. So it's like, how can we keep our season going? So here are some of the bullet points. Here's the first one. Activities outside uh, outside the team environment. For at least the next two weeks, players and team staff are required to remain at their residence when the team is at its home market at all times except to attend team-related activities at their facility or arena, exercise outside, or perform, or perform essential activities or as a result of extraordinary circumstances. Away from work interactions are limited to those with household members, family and personal staff, and working regularly in the home. When on the road, players and team staff are prohibited from leaving their hotel other than for team activities or emergencies or interacting with non-team guests at the hotel. So that's like their that's their first bullet point is pretty much stay home. Yeah. Let's let's try to limit and social distance and keep ourselves as safe as we can, which I think is what we're all kind of doing. Yeah. And but the NBA is going to start being very very strict on this. It makes you wonder how many of the players, you know, when they're away are still going out to clubs or going out to restaurants or James Harden, (laughs) James Harden, you specifically, buddy. Uh, how many of the guys are, you know, not following all of the kind of looser rules that the NBA had going into the season? Because now they're just like, stay home. Like, do not do anything. Do not talk to anyone outside of like your immediate network. Like you, like this is vital. Well, I mean, the NBA I'm sure is, it's a scary thing when a scary thing when all of a sudden you're like, wait, we have to postpone this game. If we have to postpone the season again or pause the season, we we can't lose that money. And mm-hmm. so the NBA might be, you know, a gut reaction. It might be a harsh reaction. You might think of me like, man, these guys are adults; they can handle it themselves. But there's so much money on the line with this season that the NBA is not leaving it up to chance. No, not at all. They don't. Yeah, you don't want to leave any of this up to chance and or in players' discretion. Like the NBA is being like, no, we're in charge now. You have to do what we say because there's so much money on the line here that we can't lose this. Yeah, and God forbid, imagine a player like legitimately getting COVID and getting really, really sick because some of these, like some of the new strains and stuff that are coming out are getting people very, very sick. 
the only obviously I'm a Blazer fan and like that's where most of my knowledge comes from but the only guy I've actually heard of that has gotten really genuinely sick out of the NBA was Nasir Little um, he didn't play any of the preseason he didn't play any of the games up until our very last game and the dude got COVID and lost 20 pounds yeah 20 pounds and, and that's like a guy prime athlete doing you know working out every day best shape out of anybody really 20 years old prime health and yeah and getting COVID and it like really affected him and his body and his athleticism and he came out the other night and you could just tell he's lost so much muscle yeah I mean it's it takes a lot out of you I mean it's just it's scary and it's one of those things where you know the NBA is trying to be like let's keep our players safe but like and also let's keep you know the season chugging along let's try not to lose more money yes so the whole goal I think originally is keep the players safe but also you guys let's let's get our cash let's get our money let's keep this thing going it's all business and you know it's 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 a bummer that you know everyone's having to deal with this the world's having to deal with this we can't have a normal season where we're you know talking basketball but we have to talk about you know health and safety protocols but this is where we're at and safety is the number one thing especially this year and going forward until we all get through this safety is the number one thing keeping the players safe, keeping the fans safe, keeping everyone safe is the most important thing to the NBA and, you know, money. Yes. Yes, <laughs> exactly. All right. So on to their next bullet point meetings for at least the next two weeks. Any pregame meeting in the locker room is limited to no more than 10 minutes in duration and all attendees must wear a face mask. All other meetings involving players and team staff must continue to occur on the court in a league-approved space or at the arena in a room large enough to provide for at least six feet of distance between individuals. Meeting attendees must continue to wear face masks at all times. So they're they're like it's kind of it's almost going like above and beyond, going a little bit too far into like yeah these guys are like. We all think like, oh, these guys go out and they're going to like get sweat on each other and they're breathing on each other and they're going to play basketball against each other. But they're very serious. Like they don't want guys high-fiving each other at the free throw line. They don't want guys hugging each other out, you know, pregame, postgame. Like they're going to take this contact stuff very, very seriously. And and they, they mentioned this is for the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. This is a starting point to go, all right, for the next two weeks until we kind of, you know, figure everything out and get everything under control and – see kind of how bad like if we can get these teams to start playing games again i mean the boston celtics have missed what their last three games Mm -hmm. and no sign of coming back in sight the mavericks have no idea when they're going to play again now it sounds like the jazz are going to be out for a little bit yeah like it's until they can figure out you know everyone playing again i think the next two weeks are going to be super strict and yes so meetings cannot be longer than 10 minutes if you're going to have a longer meeting it has to be in a approved place that has you know, a big area where everyone can spread out and be social distance, which is ironic given the fact that these guys are going to go play basketball and post each other up and set screens and be within six feet of each other. But I mean, when you can't be like that, let's not be like that. Yeah. Limit it as limit it as best you can. And, you know, going through all this and seeing like all the postponements, it makes me realize how smart the NBA was going into the season about the whole, like, we're going to release the first half of the schedule. And like that goes just about through middle or beginning of March. And then they're going to release the second half later. It's so, so smart to do that because there's going to be a ton of makeup games at some point. Yeah. The second half of the schedule is going to be backloaded for sure. Teams are going to be playing a lot yeah. in, the, in the second half of the season. And it was brilliant on the NBA's part because that way they can be like, oh, we can just kick 
you know, the can down the road and we'll deal with it later. And then come when they have to release the second half of the schedule, they'll figure everything else out. And I wouldn't be surprised if they release like only half of the second half of the schedule so they can kick the can down the road again if they yes. have to postpone some more. Yes. Yeah, I would not be I would not be surprised at all. This season could end up like extending a little bit longer than what we're used to, where you usually have your uh your finals relatively in June, give or take. Uh but now, you know, they're going to extend the season as long as they need to to get all of the games that they want to get in, which is 72, so they can get the TV money from all those games, get your advertising money, and then move into the playoffs. So I thought that that was very smart on their part. Yeah, it might be inconvenient and a little wonky, and the season might be weird, but hey, at least we're having basketball. At least we have, you know, the game that we love. At least the NBA is doing things to make everything happen. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so next bullet point. So this is for teams that are on the road. For team flights, teams must create a seating plan on planes so that players who whose assigned seats are closest to each other on the bench for games are also closest to each other on the team plane. Hmm, interesting. All treatment sessions at a hotel, such as massages and physical therapy, must occur in a ballroom or other large uh, and open space with at least 12 feet between individual stations, face masks and face shields are required for all individuals during such sessions. And again, I think this is the NBA going at it and be basically saying like, listen, we know you guys are going to be near each other. We know. They're, that's just the nature of the beast. You know, we it's part of the risk of playing a contact sport right now. Mm-hmm. But when we don't have to be within six feet of each other, let's not be within six feet of each other. Yeah. And again, it seems a little ironic. It seems a little hypocritical, but the NBA is doing the best it can with the cards it's dealt. In order to play the game, the guys have to be within six feet. But when they're not playing the game, let's keep them out away from each other. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Especially when you're in a situation where you like you have to travel as much as they have to travel. And I've traveled on their team planes. It's not like they're going, you know, into like a normal DFW airport and going through security or anything like that. So they still stay away from all of the normal people during travel. But that being said, you're still running into hotel staff. You're still running into restaurant staff, especially before all these protocols, like you're going out and you're going to get restaurant, like you're going to get food at different restaurants and you're still kind of going out to towns, especially ones that like maybe a little bit more open, you know, say like Dallas, Dallas is still fairly open. Players come to Dallas. They're going to want to go to some of the nicer restaurants. These new protocols are very much specific. Like stay, you've got to stay in your hotel room. It sucks. We understand like, you're, you know, you're young and in the prime of your life, you're an NBA athlete. You obviously want to go out and hang out with people and do stuff, but you just can't. And neither can anybody else. No. Right now. I mean, yes, Dallas is more open, but it, you know, everything is not the way it should be right now. And, you know, everyone's dealing with it. You make millions of dollars. It's what you signed up for to play a sport. You you, you lose some of your own ability to choose some things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's you're, the nature of the beast. Yes, you're under whatever the NBA tells you, whatever rules the NBA tells you, you have to be under, and it's just nature of the beast. It's going to be more rules now than ever, and we all got to work together to get through this. And these NBA guys, you know, it, it sucks, but this is your reality right now. At least you, you know, st- can still play the games. I was about to say, at least you're playing, yeah. you know, and at least there are things that are happening. And again, it seems ironic, but in the NBA's perspective – if they're not playing the game, why not keep them six feet apart? Just it it makes sense that way. A lot of I've I've read a, and seen a lot of people being like, well, what's the point? Like they're playing the games anyways. But when they're not playing the games, let's keep them apart. It's not going to hurt anything. Yeah, and 
you know, a part of me thinks that like part of this might be optics, you know, you see the players sitting six feet from each other and wearing masks and they got the uh, plastic shields in between each other. And it's like, okay, well those guys clearly are just going to go have dinner with each other afterwards. Now it kind of makes a little bit more sense. Like actually, no, they're not. They're going to go straight back to their hotel room. They're going to sit alone. They're going to get their room service and they're not going to hang out with each other. So it's like, they're really trying to like, like embrace the whole like optics of staying within six, like staying apart from six feet and like taking that like off the court to where we know that they're not going to be doing that stuff. Now they have to, it's a tough existence right now, but it it's better than the alternative. Yeah. All right. You ready to hear what the, some of the game day rules, please. This is kind of the things that we were talking about a little bit earlier. So game day players are prohibited from arriving at the arena for more than three hours before tip off, which is for a lot of guys like Kobe, Kobe showed up, five six hours to the arena and got like two different workouts in before games yeah it's not super uncommon for people to show up five hours or three hours before the game but it's also not out of the realm of possibility either yes all right and then during the pre and post game periods players must limit interactions to elbow or fist bumps avoiding extended socializing and maintain six feet of distance as much as possible so i was i mentioned this earlier but they're not going to allow like high fives at the free throw line anymore. It has to be all fist bumps or elbow bumps. Sorry, that, whiskey burp. That's the part that I'm looking at this and being like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a, that's a little weird. Like, I mean, all right, you're already on the court. Like the difference between a fist bump and a high five are not to me drastic enough to really be worth mentioning. Yeah, exactly. It's like what now you can't high five your teammate when he makes a free throw. It is like, or it's, at all. Yeah, it's like clearly the NBA is going on the way over cautious side of this. They're kind of helicopter parenting the NBA right now. But if you're going to helicopter parent, you know, right now, right now is the perfect time to do it because you have to. And yeah. these are a bunch of young dudes that are going to do what they want to do. So you just got to impl- implement a whole bunch of rules that they have to follow all of them. Yeah. And it, again, it's not necessarily a bad thing to be overbearing right now but they're just the in my opinion it's kind of funny they're saying hey let's fist bump but you can't high five yeah or elbows i think the whole elbows thing is going to be kind of funny i bet that's <laughs> going to be a thing after covid but it's just weird i can't get my i better start moisturizing my elbows actually looking a little dry these days you don't play in the nba buddy uh, well i don't but still but you know if we're gonna be if that's gonna be a thing in the real world i have something to worry about <laughs> <laughs> But yes, the whole elbow thing, I, I think the the whole thing is a little funny. Yeah, at least that aspect of it, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so their next thing, which they've, they've already mentioned this several times, but it's their face masks policy. All players must wear face masks on the bench at all times. Upon exiting the game and prior to returning to the bench, players can sit in cool-down chairs arranged at least 12 feet from the bench with each chair six feet apart where face masks are not required. Once a player has cooled down... He must return to his assigned seat on the bench and wear a face mask until he enters the game again. Players must always wear face masks in the locker room during strength and conditioning activities and when traveling with anyone other than a household member. Coaches and teams, coaches and other team staff must wear face masks at all times during the games. I didn't know. I didn't. I hadn't heard about that cool down thing until I just read it. Yeah, I hadn't heard about that either, but it kind of makes sense. You come off, you're all sweaty. You're not necessarily wanting to like throw a mask on and be like, you know, because sometimes, you know, when you're breathing heavy, a mask kind of, like, is hard to, like, breathe through. So, like, it gives Masks you a- make it hard to breathe? Wow, what a concept. And so, like, 
I mean, it doesn't make it hard to breathe. No, I know. No, 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 it definitely no. makes I, it like when you're like, yeah, no, after I'm being running facetious. a while. But um, I will say like it gives them a second to catch their breath before they have to throw a mask on. But it will be kind of funny seeing players like walk around, sit for a minute and then come back to the bench. Yeah. It's almost like you're in detention. Like yeah. go throw the dunce cap on as you go sit away from your team for a little bit. <laughs> it, it's a little weird. It's a little quirky, but nothing about these next or these past two NBA seasons haven't been a little weird and a little quirky. It's not necessarily bad. It's just the nature of the beast in order to play the games right now. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I could see guy. I could see like uh, a James Harden getting frustrated with the team. He's like, I'm going to go to the cool down chair. They should, they should allow that just for like emotional cool down. <laughs> Someone just gets super hot on the bench yeah. and is all mad. And he's like, you know what? I don't need you. I'm going to go sit over there. Screw you guys. I'm going to the cool down chair. <laughs> Okay, so this is the last bullet point of these new approved rules from the NBA, and it's testing. Any individual who regularly visits the interior of the home of the home of a player or a team staff member for a professional purpose must undergo COVID-19 testing twice per week. For any team with a positive player case or high-risk staff member case, the NBA may require players and team staff to undergo five consecutive days of twice-per-day lab-based testing in addition to daily point-of-care testing. So that's kind of just saying, like, anyone who's coming from outside of the organization has to be taking daily tests along with if your team is like kind of like the Celtics right now, they are all currently doing tests twice a day. And I don't think that they're going to be allowed to play until all they have like eight players valid of like no tests for five days. Yeah. And that I think in their mind is trying to get the players to like the prayer, the players that are, are negative. They're trying to get to prove that they are negative as fast as they can as safe as they can, as fast as they can, so they can get back to playing games. Yeah. Two, two tests a day. If you test negative five days in a row, twice a day, that's 10 negative tests. I think the NBA in their mind is like, okay, it's safe to say that you are don't have it. You can go back to playing basketball again without posing risk to anyone else. Yes, exactly. And don't feel too bad for these guys. These tests that they're taking are not kind of the same, like shove it into your brain tests that we're taking. It's kind of like nasal swabs that go, definitely go in and get like what they need, but it's not like, because they... They obviously have a whole bunch of money that they put into all of the medical uh, pieces to the entire NBA. They've been doing this forever, not the test, but just like spending a whole bunch of money on taking care of their players. So the medical staffs and like being able to put it into labs and they have this process really figured out. So these guys, it's not the worst thing in the world what they're going through right now. It's not it's not the worst, but it definitely Still not. sucks. Yeah, I was going to say it, they're not playing, which sucks, you know. Yeah. And so but they are it is it is not as bad as a normal covid test. I've had I've taken both the like rapid and then I for like some of my freelance gigs when I work for the Cowboys or different situations, I have to take the same test that some of the players take and just to get into the, you know, arena and uh, they're 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 not nearly as intrusive as the full ones. Yeah. Or not the full ones, but because they, they both are like equally as accurate. It just tests different. I don't know how it works. It's science. It's science stuff. It's beyond us. It is very accurate for them. It doesn't them, tickle I'm my sure, brain. But, okay. it do, but it doesn't hurt your face as much. <laughs> I don't cry afterwards. <laughs> Dude, I remember when I took it, it was close to like the TC University and they shoved the thing up my face. And it makes like it makes me start crying a little bit. I'm walking outside. There's all these cute girls. I'm like, okay, wipe it off, wipe off the tears. Like you're, you're man it up, man. <laughs> all right, let's take a break here and get back into this makers mark a little bit. We've talked a little bit of the uh, NBA COVID policy, um, 
just giving you guys an update on that. Going forward, there's definitely going to be more to be put into place. A lot is up in the air right now. I think the NBA is just kind of reacting to the massive inputs of positive testing and people having to, or teams having to postpone games. So I think it's just going to continue from there. Hopefully they can get everything under control and move forward with more games, but we're, that's all yet to be seen. Yeah. It's uh, I'm glad that the NBA is taking as many precautions as they are and really trying to like push the season forward as much as they are. It's, it's all good stuff. It's none of this is, none of this is bad news. It's all good news because we knew that there was going to be, Co- like we know that COVID was going to get to players. We knew that there was going to be games postponed. I'm glad that they're jumping over it now sooner than ri- later. Keeping the players safe, and I'm glad that the people who have had it haven't been like terribly affected yet. Yes, exactly. But let's get back into this maker's mark. Yes, the maker's mark. All right, so I was doing a little sniffing. So I get, I get, I was getting a little bit of cherry, which I looked down into the book, and actually I nailed it. Did you? There's a little bit of cherry. Oh, he's yeah, handing me the yeah, book. Here, I'm handing you the book. Okay. Um, there's like okay, so there's only, like there's also like a little bit of pepper, and I think the pepper is like ca- like more on like the back end when you're swallowing it, but it's really not that bad. It's very very smooth. I like make I I just I'll keep saying it. I like Maker's Mark a lot. Maker's Mark is one of my go tos. It's perfect definition of like smooth but not sweet. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really nice. And I I, I do read, um, the nose is uh or the the smell is uh. Corn, vanilla, apple, butter, and some cherry. Yes, some cherry. Some, some cherry. cherry. I thought cherry. I saw a little some cherry. cherry. Um, I didn't get a whole. I didn't get a whole lot of like um, vanilla, which usually is like those sweeter ones. You kind of oh, got to get you a bottle. Yes, there yes. you go. I get need, you. I get need you. A refill. Get you some more. Um, I feel like uh, like I usually get a lot of the sweeter taste first, which is probably why I picked up on some of the cherry. But like, I didn't pick up almost any of the vanilla at all in it, and I can tell you what. I don't know how to taste corn in a whiskey yet. Yeah, I don't I know. I can't taste yet. a whiskey and be like, ah, yes, I get vegetable from this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm happy to say that this podcast has gotten me to the point where I can be, taste a whiskey and be like, ah, I taste a whiskey. Like, yeah. At least I taste other things now. Mm. That being said, my palate is far from refined. And that's good. It's good stuff. Honestly, like if you're if you're listening with us, if you're trying out new whiskeys, if you're going out to the store and buying some new stuff. Try try a bunch of new stuff because it's good. You're getting the new flavors in. You get what what you like from one whiskey to the new like the next. And the more the more like different varieties that you taste, the more you realize what you like. Yeah, and what you don't like. Mm-hmm. And so and more it, importantly, on on that note, if you guys have any recommendations, please feel free to reach out to us. We are open to any and all suggestions. We're we're happy to try whatever people want us to try we're excited to you know try new things and that's just kind of why we're here yeah i love trying new whiskeys but i do love going back to an old favorite in the maker's mark yeah we're talking about trying new things while trying one that we've had many times yes no but that's (laughs) but it's one of those things i like going back like i like going back to a maker's a few staples that i have maker's mark i find to be one of my favorites especially with just like you know throw an ice cube in there throw a couple ice cubes in there love me some maker's mark and now tasting it, I do get cherry. I do get mm. vanilla. Ooh, do you? I do not get corn. It's easier to you don't get corn yet. I do not get corn. <laughs> I do not get corn. It's it's definitely easier to like know. I'm this way with wine too. It's much easier to know what you're tasting and like when you see the flavors in front of you, it's like, oh, that's the flavor I'm looking for. Oh, I get it now. <laughs> All right, next time I'll have the book in front of me. And I'll ah. tell you, and you can guess, and I'll tell you if you're right or wrong. Oh, I don't like that experiment at all. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's 
quickly touch on one other topic that we wanted to get to before the end of this podcast, and that is the question mark that is Kyrie Irving right now. Mm-hmm. He has left the Brooklyn Nets and has been out for personal reasons. He is missing his fourth game tonight against the Nuggets. Um, and he was just recently spotted yesterday, which would be Monday, at a large indoor gathering without a mask on, meaning he has violated team or NBA policy, which means he could be suspended and lose his game checks going forward, which for him per game, based on his salary, $410,000 per game. A game? A game. Wow. I would like four hundred and ten thousand. So he's already to missed out on like a one point two million dollars, and that's before he even gets suspended. Wow, that's crazy. I wonder. I wonder how much that affects Kyrie. Honestly, like he's a, he's a weird dude. He's he, a he's, he's a weird dude. He goes about life in a weird way. Um, there's just no real reason way to like explain what he's doing. There, I don't understand what he's doing. Um, he's just away from the team. He's doing his thing. He has. From what we've read and seen, he has not talked to Steve Nash, the head coach, or anyone in the organization, really. They don't, for a little while, they didn't know where he was. Yeah, he, he went AWOL MIA, for a minute. MIA. Kevin Durant has come out and said, like, you know, he stands by Kyrie. He's hoping and praying for the best. But, I mean, this is a weird situation that Kyrie, that Kyrie has put the Nets organization in, and it didn't take long for that Nets locker room to already be in a spot where everyone's looking at him being like, ah, Locker room chemistry problems already. Yeah. And it would be one thing if the Nets were winning, but they're five and six right now going into their game against the Nuggets, which it's hard to believe that they're going to win that one. And they're one and three without Kyrie. Yeah. In the four games he's been gone. Yeah. So everyone's got to look it around and be like, hey, man, um, do you have any interest in playing with us today? Because I remember the first game that he took off and it came out that I, I I forget like how the quote came about, but the quote from Kyrie was, Hey, why didn't you play today? He said, I didn't want to. It's like, well, yeah, I didn't want to go to work today either, but I still showed up. Yeah, I mean, so in the three game or in the four games without Kyrie, they're one in three. They are averaging 114.8 points per game, and their opponent is averaging 117.3 points per game. In the seven games they've had Kyrie, they are four and three, averaging 120.7 points per game, six points higher and giving up 110.6 points per game, 7 points lower. So their points their like point differential with him is a plus 10. Their point differential without him a minus 3. Wow. So 13 point difference. Yeah, by one guy. Just with and without him. Makes a lot of sense. I mean, I mean Kyrie he's a great player. He's a great player and honestly, he was balling out going into this year or at the beginning of this year and it's it's really unfortunate that he's He's going through whatever he's going through. I hope that it's nothing like too serious personally. I know that he's a weird guy, but he's still a person. I hope yeah. that like I hope that everything and, is okay and, with him. And everyone deals with things differently and we're not I mean, he's been out for personal reasons and he hasn't been transparent with that and he by no means does he have to be. No. But the 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 lack there's a clear lack of communication between him and his team and that's where my issue lies. Yes. Like you don't have to be transparent with the media with the fans at all that you have no re- obligation to do that but you signed a contract with this team. You owe them at least to tell them like at least why you're gone. Yeah. And I would argue that like at the minimum, your team has to know, but you, I mean, being an NBA basketball player, you do have an obligation to show up to the media. I mean, he, at the beginning of the year, he was like, I'm not going to talk to the media. And the NBA is like, okay, well we're going to find you because you can't do that. It's like, it's part of your job. It's part of your job. Like you, 
need to talk to the media. You like the fan, like your revenue source comes mainly from the fans. The as fans want to people, know, want to know what's going on. As to people that work in media, you and I, we wouldn't have jobs if you didn't talk to us. No. So <laughs> you kind of have to talk to us. So the Kyrie thing is very, very weird. He's now, he's gone from, I'm just going to like leave. I don't really want to tell you why I'm leaving, but I'm not going to play. And then he went to this birthday party. And he was gone for several games. Then he went to his birthday party. And now the NBA is investigating the birthday party and whether he was wearing a mask and um, whether he's liable for suspension, whether he's liable to have the pay decrease, which I think that they are going to end up doing. But it's it's just like this Kyrie thing is so weird and interesting and involves all this COVID stuff here at the tail end of what's already been a weird story. So it's been labeled as... That the guard, the Nets guard, Kyrie Irving, attended a large indoor party, maskless. That's that's the wording that they've used, is a large indoor party, maskless. Which, if you remember, you know, about 10 minutes ago, when we were talking about all these different rules that the NBA is implementing for that's other teams. That's not one of them. That's not what they were saying, is go to a big party involving a bunch of people indoor without a mask. That's not on the, uh, on the list. That's not what they were saying. <laughs> So I can understandably see how the NBA is very frustrated with Kyrie Irving right now. So it's like the media is mad at him. The fans, I can't imagine, are super happy with him in Brooklyn. The man, like the league is not happy with him. He's making a whole lot of enemies early in this season. I'm glad that Kevin Durant leaves this guy's back right now, though. Yeah, it's it's definitely a situation where he's not going to come back anytime soon. Mm-mm. Because after being at that place, being seen maskless, he's going to have to go through X amount of tests, you know. The five days, twice a day tests, I would assume, maybe even more. So, I mean, he this uh, the tonight's game against the Nuggets is just the you know fourth of, I'm guessing, a few. And Steve Nash has come out and said he is sure and certain, those are the two words he used, sure and certain, that Kyrie will play again this year when asked if he's going to play again this year. Oh, wow. But when, I'm not sure. And I don't think anyone is. Yeah. I don't even know if Kyrie is. Kyrie probably has no... I. I mean, he started this whole thing with like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss a couple games. And now it's turned into it's out of his hands how many games he's actually going to miss because he's going to have to go through all of these protocols for a guy that stepped out of that NBA. I mean, it's not the bubble, but it is still a relative NBA bubble. And he stepped out of it, went to his own thing, and now they're going to have to test him. It's really, right now it's TBD. And this Kyrie, this Kyrie saga is going to be really interesting because the Nets team could be good enough to win a championship, and it also could be bad enough to be a low, you know, not even a home team for, you know, in the East. Right now they're below 500. Yeah. Yeah. They might end up being five and seven after, like, if they do lose to the Nuggets tonight, which is what my prediction would be is that they lose to the Nuggets, they're going to be five and seven. It's not good. No, it's not good. It's real bad. Yeah. Well, Hopefully Kyrie is okay. We don't want to speculate about what's going on because every person is different and we've said that. And I mean, if he's really going through something, we hope he's okay. And like, we're not trying to, you know, bash him for leaving his team, but we are for a guy who has history of being interesting. And I mean, weird about certain things. He's certainly being weird about this thing. Yeah. He's being very, very, very weird about it. So we will uh, we will keep up to date on the Kyrie Irving saga, and we will keep up to date on the coronavirus NBA saga and what is going on league-wide and with Kyrie, and we'll keep you guys updated. Absolutely. Well, that wraps up what we're going to talk about tonight. Um, thanks for joining us again on another episode of the Team Morale podcast brought to you by Makers Mark tonight. Very happy to be back and uh, talking some hoops and 
you know, drinking some whiskey. We'll be back again with another podcast soon. Heck yeah, it's my favorite thing to do. Cheers, man. Cheers, man.